All right, so you're about to listen to an audio version of one of the videos from Cognitionis's high yield collection of MedEd content. So if you hear a reference to video, that's why. And if you want to see the video presentation associated with it, just search YouTube for Cognitionis. It's like cognition, and then add an IS to it. And you can find more audio versions of Cognitionis content on the Audio QBank app by Inside the Boards. If you like Ninja Nerd or Dirty Medicine or Dustin from Online MedEd, well, you will love Cognitionis because he's the next all of those. And he did not tell me to say that. I'm just saying that on my own. Hey guys, welcome to topic 191 in our countdown of the top 200 highest yield topics. So we'll start by talking about PKU. So PKU, essentially you have your uh, phenylalanine amino acid, which gets hydroxylated by phenylalanine hydroxylase. That's this enzyme PAH. And it does this in conjunction with this tetrahydrobioterin or BH4 cofactor. Now, if you don't have the enzyme or the or this cofactor, you essentially will not be able to form tyrosine. The problem with this is downstream from this tyrosine is how we form catecholamines like epinephrine, norepinephrine, dopamine. And so this is a, exerts some significant effects. Not only that, but the backup of this phenylalanine, right? Because you can't convert to tyrosine, you get a backup of it. That backup of phenylalanine ends up forming toxic compounds like phenolactate, phenylacetate, and that can damage the neurologic system of a newborn. So without this enzyme, there are some very serious adverse effects. Now also note that if you don't have phenylalanine hydroxylase or this cofactor, you can't make tyrosine. So you're also going to need to take in tyrosine. Tyrosine becomes an essential amino acid. Your essential amino acids, your PVT Tim Hall, right? Private Tim Hall. Tyrosine is normally not included in those amino acids, but if you have PKU, tyrosine becomes an essential amino acid. So you will require tyrosine supplementation. Like we said, you will require tyrosine supplementation because it becomes an essential amino acid. And on the flip side of that, you don't want to take any more phenylalanine. And so you want to restrict phenylalanine. Now, what exactly has phenylalanine? A lot of your dairy products, milk, eggs, and then aspartamine, which is an artificial sweetener, also contains phenylalanine. And that's commonly used as a sugar substitute in foods and beverages. You want to avoid aspartame, that's particularly high yields, remember? And you also want to try and restrict phenylalanine intake, particularly if you're a pregnant mother and you're concerned about PKU. Because remember, this is an autosomal recessive disease. You might have a family history of it, and there's usually some form of screening that's done typically two to three days after birth. So in general, what are some of the things that we're looking for that give away this diagnosis? So the biggest thing, the highest yield thing I can I can recommend to you to remember is the musty, mousy odor to sweat or urine. These are common adjectives that are used to describe this particular disease. If you see musty or mousy as a description of the scent of the urine, then I would highly suggest that that is, that is probably pathognomonic for this, this disease. Also, you can see intellectual disability, which again is not really specific because a lot of these pathologies can cause that. But one thing that is also unique is the fair skin, fair hair appearance or hypopigmentation that you can get with PKU. Now you have to be careful here though because you have PKU and you have albinism. Albinism is due to a deficiency of the enzyme tyrosinase, which is essentially the enzyme that takes tyrosine and converts it to melanin. So you originally have your phenylalanine that uses phenylalanine hydroxylase to make tyrosine, and then that tyrosine can go on to make melanin, which will form the pigment in your skin using the enzyme tyrosinase. If that enzyme is deficient, you can get albinism, and that can sometimes get confused in a stem if you see hypopigmentation or fair hair or fair skin. So you have to be careful with that. 
But if you see intellectual disability and then any mention of the distinct smell of the sweat or urine, you should immediately be thinking about PKU. And like we said, this is an autosomal recessive disease. Look for failure to attain milestones. Look for a question where they didn't screen the child for whatever reason. Normally we do a heel stick, a blood screen, just to see if there's any diseases such as PKU. I mean, that's commonly done in the U.S. So they're going to have to, this is going to have to be either by a midwife or in a developing country, but they didn't perform any type of screening. Okay, so now we have maple syrup urine disease, which is due to a deficiency of branched chain ketoacid dehydrogenase. You have three major branched amino acids, valine, isoleucine, and leucine. Now, those amino acids will commonly get broken down eventually through this cascade, which you don't have to remember all the factors usually. But the big one to remember is branched chain ketoacid dehydrogenase, which will eventually break these compounds down to succinyl-CoA and acetyl-CoA. Now remember, these can both enter the TCA cycle at different spots. And so this is significant because we can take these amino acids, we can essentially get them to go into the TCA cycle and generate energy from them. So we can break down protein in these branched amino acids to make energy. Now if we don't have that, then we can't break down these amino acids, and this eventually leads to a pathology similar to what we saw with PKU. First thing to note is that it's normal at birth. Now PKU is typically normal at birth as well, so that's not going to distinguish which disease it is. The reason that they're both normal at birth is because initially you don't have a buildup of phenylalanine yet in, in PKU because the mother typically will be able to break down all that excess phenylalanine in her blood system. But when the baby's delivered, now there's no way, there's no outlet to break down the phenylalanine and so it builds up, but it takes a little while. So it's not going to happen normally right at birth. And so that's also the case here for a lot of the same reasons with the valine, the isoleucine, the leucine, right? The mom usually will have branched chain ketoacid dehydrogenase to break down those amino acids. But in general, when symptoms do present, they present with lethargy, poor feeding, irritability, a lot of what we saw before, hypertonia and hypotonia. There is more of a predisposition to have spasticity or like you see with tetanus where you see that arched extended back and their neck is all the way back. You know, you can sometimes see that in severe cases with this disease. But the thing that I want to call your attention to, the really high yield thing that you should remember is that the urine has a sweet aroma as opposed to the musty, mousy aroma that you saw with PKU. So in this case, it's a sweet aroma commonly resembling maple syrup, and that's where the name of the disease comes from. Again, it's also an autosomal recessive disease. In terms of treatment, again, we want to restrict intake of branched chain amino acids or put them on a low-protein diet. Those are both be, usually be right answers. Okay, now L-captonuria. So essentially, if we take our phenylalanine and we hydroxylate it, eventually we can go down this pathway where we eventually form this homogentistic acid. So this compound can get converted to another compound which isn't really as important, but essentially it uses this compound homogentistate oxidase. This compound is usually deficient in this disease. And so again, this whole pathway that, that you go down to form this isn't as high yield, but make sure you know the enzyme homogentistate oxidase and the buildup of homogentistic acid, particularly important to remember. And these are breakdown products of tyrosine and phenylalanine. So this pathology is a bit unique. I always just remember, like I, I associate L-captonuria with just a dark color. So the first thing is you have this dark discoloration on the sclera, that very high yield to remember. If you see a board question, when you see these black pigmented dots on the sclera, they're in, it's in the right clinical context, they're usually talking about this disease. We keep talking about the urine. In PKU, the story was it was a musty, mousy odor. In maple syrup urine disease, it was sweet. And here, urine darkens when exposed to air. That's particularly high yield, pretty much pathognomonic for this disease, especially in the right clinical context in a board question. And the other unique thing, these patients commonly have arthritis that presents before the third decade of life. So you can you know, differentiate that with osteoarthritis, which happens typically much later in life. And this is 
sometimes called ochronosis, due to the buildup of some of these byproducts of the metabolism of phenylalanine and tyrosine that can eventually get into the synovial tissue in the joints. So for the big three things to remember, it's all about the urine. So musty, mousy urine, think PKU, and that also goes for sweat. Sweet aroma to the urine, maple syrup urine disease. And then if the urine darkens when exposed to air, think L-captonuria. We will stop there. Don't forget to go check out Cognitionis, that's like the word cognition with an I-S, over on YouTube.